Nathan, the next what if that I have for you is what if organizations, large health organizations had employee addiction advisory panels that were a multi multidisciplinary team that had employee engagement that maybe had employees who had already been through the process of, of, of the recovery machine who were then able to act as um, an advisory panel that provided some checks and balances that provided some accountability. And that was a, a vo- uh, an ear or a sounding board for, for concerns or for tweaks and adjustments to this process of the, of the machine that employees have to go through so that it wasn't just uh, up to a human resources department, wasn't just up to uh, a manager, but there was a specific stationary body that was in place that could hear the concerns and see some common concerns or, or um, common threads that were, were occurring between different cases along the way. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, that it wouldn't even be that hard to implement. And given the, the rates of, uh, well, the rates everywhere of uh, addiction is a, a huge problem. And it's not just in, in certain workplaces, but any workplace where there's access to addictive drugs, every hospital you would think would employ some kind of method like that just for, uh, from a, a, a prevention um, point of view. And again, trying to get efficiency for your money spent for the taxpayer, right? I mean, it wouldn't take, if you had a, a couple of people who, you know, I don't know what kind of hours they would have to commit to that, but eventually you would, you would think that you could get some kind of an entity there that was a third party, you know, it didn't have a vested interest in, in, one, you know, they're not pro-union, they're not pro-HR employer, they're just kind of there uh, strictly as an objective viewer and recorder of what is effective and what is not effective for employees going through these programs. And then you'd pick up some of these things, right? Like you'd say, well, many employers don't know anything about what happens as far as, you know, why are, why are you sending my nurse to Ontario for treatment? Yeah, it it costs three times more than treatment we have in BC, and the program they have there is, I mean, it's it's just like a caduceus group. It's just a sometimes it doesn't even exist. Basically, there's no difference really. So, you know, I, I wonder how many things like that would be kind of caught, right? Yeah, and it, you know, with our all of all of the nurse, all of the healthcare employees, including yourself, who who go out of province, if everyone is coming back and saying, "Look, this specific f- facility is is not serving us well, or it, it, it's harmful," um, then suddenly there could be some accountability there, and any a again a, a third party who's saying we're going to kind of go to bat to to see if we can in, can change that. Yeah. And again, it wouldn't have to be anything more than a, an objective stance based on we want to do what is, we want the best investment for our money. If we're going to send somebody to a facility like that, and we've, we're also investing in our employee. Yeah. So from that point of view, wouldn't you want the best outcome? You'd want your employee back uh, 
not necessarily as soon as possible, but as, as soon as they're ready. And that is an aspect that could be adjusted right there. You know, sometimes people coming back too soon causes problems. Other times it's way too long and the, the employee kind of gets lost in the, in the void. So, I mean, there's many things that could be at least monitored at, you know, just get the, get some data there. And then from that data, I, I would love to see something like that. And I, I wonder if you could actually uh, attempt to implement that somewhere, just like a, to do a pilot at a small facility or something. Or it, have it would to be, be, go ahead. No, it would be, it would be fascinating to see it, to see it in, in action. And um, again, though, the, a few challenges that come to mind with that. One is the fact that you are dealing with various bodies that have high financial stakes in, in the process um, on, on every side of it. Uh, on the back to work side, on the recovery and and addiction side of it, on the employee side of it, um, there are a lot of drivers there. So that that advisory panel, as we're calling it, in in the middle would have to really <laughs> be firmly bolted down and and uh, with um, you know with weather weather guards in place because it would be mm. it would get pretty stormy, I would imagine, but. I was thinking for the employee to have a, to have another, uh, you know, safe, confidential, non-partial body that they can go to for some questions to be answered or to just say like, Hey, is this normal? I just got this phone call and this is how I'm being dealt with by, by my employer or by whichever body is this, is this normal or should I be expecting something different here? Um, it all comes down to the question too, Nathan, like we've talked about, about how common is this issue really? And as we're learning it, it is quite common and it is becoming more common. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a whole, unfortunately, a whole swath of, of healthcare providers and professionals in the, in the shadows who are yet to kind of have to be processed through the machine that could benefit from having something like that in place. Yeah. And then there's also the ones who year after year just continue to do what they do and they're, they're, that's how they work. Right. Yeah. Um, they don't, you know, nobody notices or they're in a position where, you know, they've got enough authority or pull or whatever that they can just continue to do what they're doing and, and that's it. But it is strange. I, one of the strangest things about this whole machine entity is that nobody knows about it unless you encounter it. And when you encounter it, you're given no information. You know, it's, it's almost like there's an attempt to, we've talked about it before from a stigma point of view, but I think it's more than that. It's um, I don't know. It, it, It seems odd that something like that doesn't exist just from a kind of logistics point of view but I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen, uh, there was nobody I searched extensively. I went to uh, both my college and my association looking for uh, a co- somebody I could contact. I just wanted to talk to another pharmacist who'd been through this. Wouldn't yep. do it. Wouldn't do it. Confidentiality. And even when I came back to them after I was through and said, you know, that conversation we had where I was looking for somebody, if you had that happen again, 
tell them whoever's in that position I was, they can talk to me. And they said, no, we're not going to do that because Did it's they give you a reason? Confidentiality. <laughs> confidentiality. I'm like, do I have to sign a waiver? Like, why would you, why would you get in the way of that process? You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Well, you know, and as we've, I continue to learn this, you know, on a monthly, if not weekly basis that, that every single case seems to be handled a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And, and you could attest to that far better than I could, Nathan, but I, I, you know, I think that it is in the interest of some of these bodies that, that, it, that it remain behind closed doors um, because there's, there's power in that. There is power. Yeah. It does make it easier from a, you know, if you, you're an employer, it, you definitely probably are pressured to take care of the problem, get it solved, get the liability risk off the table first. And once that's, you know, it, it would be that initial processing. And so get that person out of the workplace and into treatment so that we can, you know, have some indication on paper that we're protecting the public, I think would be the, that's probably their number one, right? For sure. But then you have other uh, third parties that have financial interests that may oppose that, like an insurance company, uh, uh, your third party insurance or whoever's paying for the, the treatment. If, if you work for those guys and you're looking at the, the situation, you're saying, well, these guys keep, they keep sending this individual. This is the third time or the second time this individual has been through this process. We're getting a lot of feedback that it's not helping or that they had a negative experience. And yet the employer is not pivoting here. They just continue to go straight down the line at, at, at the same solution that never worked. So that's costing them how much extra money, I don't know. But if I was to try to set something up with a, uh, a donor, that's who I'd go to first. Yeah. And then immediately you're into problems with conflict and interest. But uh, I think it would ultimately, it would have to be again, either a, a pooled resource with uh, that involved the entire healthcare system would probably be the best way to go. Or, you know, you could do it hospital by hospital. What, what were you thinking for like numbers? Would it be like a, a kind of a council thing or would it be a department or? I think my initial thought was sort of a, a council type of thing, you know, that just as you were talking though, I agree with you that, that it, it, it raises the question of, should it be within the confines of a, of a particular employer? Should the employer have its own advisory board or should it be larger than that and go back so that it's so that, that it is not employees of that specific organization. So there, so to remove any influence or pull, you know, if there is a, a manager or, or director, who's sort of saying like, look, we've, we've got to keep this particular policy of, of sending people out of province for this reason. Um, then that's going to make it very difficult to change anything. And it's going to be make it yeah. very difficult for, for that, for repeated concerns to be heard or to be, to enact change. So, so maybe to take a step back and make it something that employees can go to outside of the walls of their, of their employer. Um, and it might actually increase some, a feeling of safety and, and, 
and confident i was going to say confidentiality again there yeah, confidentiality yeah. away from the employer you know yeah you're you're right um that's that's a good point to kind of thoroughly think through and yeah I, I, when you put it that way it it makes it pretty obvious that you you would have to be in a third party and it, it there there wouldn't be any association with the employer it just could not be there'd be too many potentials for for problems with uh, conflict of interest, but uh, sounds like to me one hell of a job for you, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, it's <laughs> it's funny. Like I've I've told in telling my story, I've I've mentioned that there are like you know five different pretty powerful uh, organizations involved, all kind of like pushing and pulling and and help you know elbowing their their way into the conversation and and driving different aspects of it which is just the reality of it. So then what I'm actually talking about is adding another one, but it would be simply there as a, um, as a safeguard, as a sounding board, and then as a, as a impartial advocate. Referee. A referee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need to just to keep it somewhat confined in the bounds of reality. Because yeah. I think it would eliminate, I mean, there's, there's some decisions that are made that are, I mean, they're straight up. Just you look at it, you look at the evidence, uh, you look at the decisions that, that are being made and you, you can't believe that, that somehow this was the conclusion that, that whoever was in charge arrived at, but that's those, those situations happen. And often it's a, uh, you know, uh, the decision to put somebody back at work too soon, who maybe, or to put somebody back to work at all when they have no business, like you, you, you know, it's very obvious that they're, they're shaky and they shouldn't be in there, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, going back to the example that of, in my case of, of the, um, the questionnaire, the infamous questionnaire that I was mm. presented with where that was, you know, my, I came forward and, and told the truth about everything that I had done and been doing and and my employer's answer to that was well let's get your doctor to fill out this this questionnaire that that justifies every single action that you took with a diagnosis and with a medical explanation including my ability to choose right from wrong or discern right from wrong mm -hmm. it, it would have been if there was such a thing as this this uh, this third party body that we're talking about this advisory board that would have been a great thing to bring to them and to say like what is this can you guys look at this please and oh. and and to get some some support on that that would be a red flag like the yeah. the ref would throw down the flag and that would be uh, <laughs> <laughs> that human resources guy should have been ejected from the game at that point i think right? so i think I so mean, that was yeah. so far beyond what anybody with even the smallest amount of common sense or experience would uh, it's just not the way you would behave in any kind of civilization, <laughs> no. let alone in a healthcare system that's supposed to be somewhat organized. No, for sure. But yeah, excellent idea. And I'm going to think about that a little more. Yeah, same here. 